How can my marriage survive adultery? On this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. One of the most painful situations that any person or any marriage can experience is the pain that enters into such a relationship in the aftermath of adultery. Some of the most hurting and struggling and people in pain that I have ever known in my entire life have been people who are wrestling with what to do after such a shocking revelation. Marriage is intended by God to be the closest and most intimate earthly relationship that we have. And when our partner in marriage betrays that trust through infidelity, it is one of the most shocking, horrifying, and tragic realities that we will ever experience. This is a topic that, as painful as it is, is always relevant for us to discuss, and yet the topic of adultery can seem more relevant in the last couple of weeks because of the new revelations of the disclosure of information from the Ashley Madison website, a website that people were able to go and visit and pay money to have an affair That has led to numerous public disclosures and numerous painful disclosures that are wreaking havoc in the relationships of many marriages all across the country and all across the world. And so we wanted to take some time this week on Truth and Love to talk about how a couple would work by the grace of Christ to pursue help and restoration in their marriage. Amy Evenson is the producer of Truth and Love, and she is here this week to help us think this matter through. I think the big question here is what to do. We all know adultery is a huge issue, and one of these unclear issues is how to respond to adultery. So what would you say is the first thing that a couple should do? You know, I think there are all kinds of things a couple should do. I think there are a number of responses that need to be first in our minds when we're trying to consider how to respond to adultery. But I think the most important thing a couple can do as they are trying to respond to this kind of disaster in their marriage is get in relationship with other Christians. And I'm thinking of a couple things there. The first kind of relationship that I'm thinking of is the one in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, where God says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Most Christians understand that to be an exhortation to be involved in relationship with other Christians in the context of corporate worship. And so I think we can really, really helpfully apply this passage to our lives in the aftermath of adultery by not running away from corporate worship with other Christians, but by running to corporate worship and folding ourselves into the life of a local faithful congregation. Another context of relationship that I'm thinking of is personal relationship, like what is emphasized in Hebrews chapter 3. And in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, it says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. 
but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. God here is urging, actually throughout the whole book of Hebrews, that we not fall away. And he says to take care to avoid falling away by being in a context of relationship where we are exhorting one another in Hebrews chapter 3 and encouraging one another in Hebrews chapter 10. Relationship is what is so important for couples to be involved in because they're they're tempted to run away and hide. They're tempted to think, I can think about this on my own. I'm going to figure it out by myself. And I think the biblical message is you need to get involved in relationship. And that is the most urgent reality that's facing you as an individual and as a couple. This surprises me. Relationships are important, but some might think this is an odd first response on such an urgent issue. What about confession? Shouldn't that fit in as an initial response to this circumstance? Yeah, so confession is definitely an issue that's on the table, confession of sin, and a lot of Christians are advising that in recent weeks for people to be busy doing. I don't want to take anything away from that. Confession is crucial. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says that he who confesses and forsakes his sin will obtain mercy. And so we want people to obtain mercy in the aftermath of the sin of adultery. And so we want them to be confessing their sin. But as important as confession is, it's also complicated. So here is, here's one element of the complicated nature of confession. How much of the sin do you confess? There are wives that are going to insist, you have to tell me everything that happened. I want to know who, I want to know where, I want to know when, I want to know what. Having these details can seem comforting initially to a woman who's trying to regain control after she feels she's been betrayed. But the reality is that kind of information is not helpful in the long run for her to have. And so how much do you tell in your confession? Who do you tell? If you've got kids, are you supposed to tell the kids? If you've got best friends, are you supposed to tell your best friends? Are you supposed to tell your friends at work? Are you supposed to tell her parents? Who are you supposed to tell in this confession? You need to do it, but the reality is you and your wife or you and your spouse are too emotionally embroiled in a difficult situation to be able to figure those complicated things out by yourself. So yes, confession, but before you start confessing, you need to get in the context of a relationship to help you figure out how that's going to work. Confession raises the response of forgiveness, and there are several people involved in forgiveness here. So how can the relationships that you spoke of earlier help here? So it's also true. Forgiveness is important. If you're going to have a confession of sin, there's going to have to be forgiveness of that sin from whoever was wronged. Forgiveness is absolutely essential in the aftermath of adultery, but it's also complicated. You can't do this on your own and have as much of an expectation of success as if you do it in the context of other relationships. So forgiveness takes time to bring that up. I mean, the the man who commits adultery and goes and confesses that to his wife, for example, she's supposed to cry and be upset. And the first thing he should say is not, you know, honey, you're supposed to forgive me. 
But when does a woman's sorrow or a husband's sorrow and pain in the aftermath of adultery, when does that become problematic? When does that become sinful? Well, the reality is the couple that's experiencing the difficulty are not the ones that are best equipped to answer that question. Here's another one. What about consequences? We make a biblical distinction between forgiveness of sin but consequences of sin. How should we decide what consequences are legitimate overflow of a sin that's been committed and what consequences are illegitimate and a demonstration of a lack of forgiveness? For example, it would be wise for a wife who's discovered that her husband has committed adultery to consider abstaining from sexual relations with him for a period of time until we can ascertain whether he has contracted a sexually transmitted disease. But that's a hugely complicated relational decision. And so this isn't about forgiveness is unimportant. Forgiveness is crucial. But the reality is you need close relationships with otherwise Christians to help answer these complicated questions that couples cannot address on their own. How would you say relationships can equip us for marital health in the long term, both in restoring marriages and even help in guarding against going down a path that would lead to adultery? The goal of our ministry to a couple in the aftermath of adultery is not ultimately to get everybody not committing adultery anymore. We have something that is much better than that. We have a goal that is far superior to that. Ultimately, we want to create, with God's help, a marriage that honors Christ and that is full of love for one another. I think the secret weapon for couples that are living lives of joy and purity and faithfulness is the quality of the relationships that they have outside of their marriage. So I'm talking couples need to be in close relationship with other godly couples. Wives need to be in close relationship with other godly wives. Men need to be in close relationship with other godly men because it's going to be those relationships in a Hebrews 3, Hebrews 10 kind of way that are going to exhort us and encourage us. And one of the things that Lauren and I do in our marriage and one of the things that we tell other couples to do in their marriage is to be honest early about your struggles. In particular, be honest early about your sexual struggles. By the time somebody has committed adultery, there has been a pattern of deceit, a pattern of lustful desire, a pattern of temptation that has been preceding that physical behavior for months and maybe years. If we are cultivating these kinds of biblical relationships that Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 10 are talking about, I'm going to be creating a context where I've got close people that I'm being honest with every day about temptations as they happen. That's ultimately what we want for a couple. We want a couple to not think that in the aftermath of adultery, they're going to have these intense conversations with these couples that are going to help them get through the dark period, and then they'll be free and ready to live apart from that kind of context of relationship. We will be equipping marriages to succeed in the long term, to be pure and holy in the long term 
when we are equipping married couples to exist in close relationship with other couples in the long term and not just in the response to a tragedy. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. If you would like more information on how to respond to sin in marriage, you can check out Peacemaking for Families by Ken Sandy and Tom Raby, or you could read Pursuing Peace by Robert Jones. If you'd like more information about the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, then you can visit us at www.biblicalcounseling.com.